Welcome to the Movies Past and Present Podcast. It's October 7th, 2022, and this is episode 90. I'm your host, Stanford Clark, and I'm podcasting from the crossroads of the West in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. Just like my blog, moviespastandpresent.com, I'll be providing recommendations, commentary, and reviews about current and classic cinema. Thanks for tuning in, and let's do this thing. Opening in theaters today are uh, four films I want to discuss, and a couple of them actually might not be opening in wide release uh, for a couple of weeks, so make sure to check your local listings. Uh, First up is Amsterdam, which is a drama from 20th Century Fox. This is a film written and directed by David O. Russell, and I got to tell you, if, if you're just going off of the cast of this film, it looks like it's really um, uh, going to be something. Uh, it's an original crime epic about three close friends who find themselves at the center of one of the most shocking secret plots in American history. A fascinating and richly intricate tale that brilliantly weaves historical fact with fiction for a timely cinematic experience. This film stars Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, John David Washington... Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, Chris Rock, uh, Michael Shannon, Mike Myers, Taylor Swift, <laughs> Zoe Saldana, and uh, Rami Malek, and and last but not least, Robert De Niro. So see what I mean about this cast? Uh, I wish I knew more about it. I, I have seen that it's been getting mixed reviews from critics, uh, but it's definitely one that I'm, I'm probably going to check out. Uh, Amsterdam is rated R by the Motion Picture Association for brief violence and bloody images. Next up is uh, Lyle, Lyle, Crocodile. This is a family musical comedy from Columbia Pictures. It's directed by Josh Gordon and Will Speck. So this is based on uh, the children's book series by author Bernard Weber. And Bernard Weber... Uh, wrote the first, I guess I guess there have been at least nine, if I'm not mistaken, books in this Lyle, Lyle, Crocodile series. And, you know, these are picture books. Uh, the first one was called The House on East 88th Street, and uh, Bernard Weber published this in 1962. And I guess these books, you know, I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with them. If, if I read them as a kid... I've forgotten about them. Uh, so sorry. <laughs> sorry about that for anybody who really loves the series. Uh, they uh, they have, you know, again, a mainstay of children's literature and it had been adapted before for stage and screen, supposedly according to the press materials. Uh, there's even uh, a uh, plaque commemorating the adventures of this endearing New York City reptile. That's on East 88th Street in New York City. So uh, if you ever find yourself on East 88th, um, go check that out. Um, this particular, you know, iteration or 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 uh, version of Lyle Lyle Crocodile is a live action CGI musical comedy film. So uh, the crocodile is, you know, shockingly CGI and, you know, looks pretty cartoony looking um 
and anyway, let's 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 hope it's cute. Uh, the crocodile is voiced by uh, the singer Sean Mendez, and it also stars Javier Bardem and Constance Wu. So, um, uh, you know, I wish I knew more what to tell you about Lyle Lyle Crocodile other than let's hope it's fun and hope that, that, uh, the family audience is going to enjoy this adaptation of this beloved book series. Uh, Lyle Lyle Crocodile is rated PG by the Motion Picture Association for mild peril and thematic elements. Um, these next couple of films are the ones that I'm wondering if they're going to be open in every market across the U.S. If it's just like New York and L.A. this weekend. Um, but anyway, check your local listings. Uh, first up is Tar. And it's a psychological drama from Focus Features. It's directed by Todd Field. And this film stars Kate Blanchett as, uh, as a character named Lydia Tar who is considered to be in this film, the greatest living composer and, and one of the greatest living conductors. Um, and also is one of the, is the first ever female chief conductor of a major orchestra in Germany. Uh, it, uh, so Lydia Tarr sounds like she is, she is a tyrannical maestro. And even though she's considered to be great, um, she is eventually hoisted on her own petard, uh, to quote Nathaniel Hawthorne, um, or maybe we should say baton. So tar, uh, oh, again, check your local listings, but, it, but in some markets that it, it opens up this weekend and it's rated R by the motion picture association for some language and brief nudity. Uh, finally in new releases, we've got a film called triangle of sadness. This is a black comedy or a satire from Neon, and it's directed by Ruben Osland. Um, it's listed, again, in the press materials as wickedly funny. It's got a social hierarchy that is turned upside down, revealing the tawdry relationships between power and beauty. Uh, it, it looks to be set on a luxury cruise, or kind of like this almost like a, a yacht, maybe a little bigger than a yacht, but this luxury boat ship for the Uber rich that is helmed by an unhinged boat captain who is played by Woody Harrelson. And what first appears as just being Instagrammable uh, ends catastrophically, leaving the survivors stranded on a desert island and fighting for survival. Uh, I've watched the trailer. I'll have the trailer links to this in my, uh, in the podcast notes on my blog. Um, it, you know, it, it definitely looks like it's going to be, you know, dark. Uh, so, uh, the jury's still out for me on if I want to go see Triangle of Sadness or not. Uh, it's rated R by the Motion Picture Association for language and some sexual content. So again, four movies, uh, that are opening up or potentially opening up this weekend. Uh, Amsterdam, Lyle Lyle Crocodile. Tar and Triangle of Sadness. In 
classic cinema corner. Halloween is upon us. And so uh, plenty of spooky movies to to satisfy, I think, any need in, in any level of, of uh, uh, you know, a movie that you want, the type of movie that you want to see, your type of scary movie. Uh, one thing to note is the film Poltergeist, uh, which is celebrating its 40th anniversary. Uh, it's screening all week. Uh, so it started uh, yesterday on October 6th and is screening through October 12th. It's part of the Turner Classic Movies Big Screen Classics series. And and uh, I guess this, this is a... A popular enough movie, and given the season, uh, that, that that this is this is playing um, much more often than you know what happens usually with with one of these uh, TCM big screen classics series. Uh, you may recall from Poltergeist um, the uh, the phrase "they're here." Uh, a typical family in a quiet suburb of a normal California uh, town faces a frightening ordeal when its home is invaded by a poltergeist. Late one night, five-year-old Carol Ann, who's played by the actor Heather O'Rourke, hears a voice coming from inside the television set. Um, again, that's the, you know, they're here. Uh, at first, the spirits invade uh, this family's home, and it seems like they're playful children, but then they turn angry. And when little Carol Ann is pulled from this world into another... The parents, who are played by Craig T. Nelson and Joe Beth Williams, um, they turn to an exorcist, uh, who's played by Zelda Rubenstein. Uh, and then, you know, really just, you know, all hell breaks loose <laughs> if you've seen this film. Uh, this film is directed by Toby Hooper. And what was interesting to me, I wish I didn't know, it was, it was produced and written by Steven Spielberg. So, uh, anyway... Uh, also, because it's it's part of the TCM Big Screen Classic series, it includes some exclusive insights before and after the movie uh, by the good folks at Turner Classic Movies. Most likely, it's it's host Ben Mankiewicz, but it, it could possibly be somebody else. Uh, this is in conjunction with Fathom Events. So go to the Fathom Events website. That's fathomevents.com, uh, and and you can find out. Uh, Everything about the screening of you know if it's playing at a theater near you and uh, whatnot, and uh, links to tickets, etc. And I'll have a link to that in the podcast notes on my blog too. So, so if it's your thing, Poltergeist is playing all week on 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 the big screen. So check out um, check out times at fathomevents.com. Also, as part of Fathom Events, uh, Universal Studios is is uh, doing a cool uh, monster double feature. They, uh, one night only, or I guess one day, I, 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 I need to check the times and also see if it's, if it's even happening in my market too. But on October 29th, so just before Halloween, uh, they're doing this great double feature. It's Creature from the Black Lagoon, which was from 1954, and then... Their 1943 uh, version of Phantom of the Opera. So, so first up, so so anyway, fun double feature, uh, and interesting films, uh, perfectly blending Universal's classic monster heritage with the science the science fiction explosion of the 1950s. 
Creature from the Black Lagoon tells the mythical story of a dangerous half-human, half-fish creature lurking in the depths of the Amazon. After discovering a unique prehistoric claw fossil on the expedition in the jungle, scientists investigate its origins, which lead them directly to a mysterious creature. Led by Dr. David Reed, uh, the men try to capture the monster who has become obsessed with David's assistant, Kay, uh, who's played by Julia Adams. Originally released in 3D, this thrilling adventure inspired sequels, TV series, and more that continue to strengthen the monster's legacy to this day. This movie is so much fun. If you've never had a chance to see it, particularly on the big screen, uh, highly recommended. I saw it in 3D one year at the Turner Classic Movie Classic Film Festival and just absolutely loved it. Uh, you know, and I'm not much into horror, horror films, but these 1950 movies, uh, are pretty kitschy. And this one was, I just thought that the creature creature from the black lagoon was a blast. Um, then the next part of this double feature is this fan of the opera, uh, version from 1943, which, which I've never seen. And, uh, it's, it's of course this legend, the legendary horror tale, tale that we all know, and the long-running Broadway musical, etc. Uh, it stars Claude Rains as the masked phantom of the Paris Opera House, um, following a tragic accident that leaves him disfigured. Crazed composer Enrique Claudin transforms into a masked phantom who schemes to make beautiful young soprano Christine, who's played by Susanna Foster, the star of the opera, and and wreak havoc on those who stole his music. Uh, a heroic baritone, so and this version is played by Nelson Eddy, uh, tries to win the affections of Christine as he tracks down the disfigured monster who has begun murdering those who resist his mad demands. Inspired by the original 1925 silent version, and of course the and of course the story, the classic story, this lavish Technicolor production remains one of the most unforgettable adapt- adaptations ever to be filmed. So actually, I'm pretty excited about. Uh, I'm planning to go to this double feature, if at all possible, on October 29th. Uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon and, and Phantom of the Opera. Again, this is this is uh, through Fathom Events. So go to fathomevents.com to learn more, and I, I will have a link to that in the podcast notes on my blog. So, uh, for streaming, uh, uh, you know, for streaming section of the program <laughs> this episode, I wanted to cover, uh, uh, I guess what many consider to be a classic. I think it's more of a cult classic, and then a new its new sequel. So I'm talking about uh, Disney's Hocus Pocus. It originally the original Hocus Pocus. Uh, was distributed in theaters in 1993, and and then a sequel to it that just came out uh, a few days ago uh, on Disney Plus, which was you know again made in 2022, uh, is again a continuation of the story. So uh, I first saw Hocus Pocus. I think I well I saw I've only I've now seen it twice. I rewatched it. Um, so I, you know, to prepare for the podcast as well as to watch the sequel, but I saw it uh, once when it, when it was released in theaters in 1993, 
And, uh, you know, it's about this trio of witches. They're sisters. Uh, they're they're the, uh, the Sanderson sisters. And they're played by Bette Midler, Kathy Najimy, and Sarah Jessica Parker. And honestly, I just remember hating the movie. Uh, I just remember thinking that the performances were just so goofy. Um, Sarah Jessica Parker was just a total waste uh, in this movie. And it just looked cheap and and just dumb. Um, So, again, that was 1993, Stan. I, again, I'm aware that this film has really kind of taken on a life of its own. It was not a box office success. And then through um, a, a lot of airings on the Disney Channel, as well as on uh, their Freeform Channel, which was which was the channel uh, formerly known as ABC Family, uh, the film I think really just got a whole new audience, and and really has become, I think just become a cult classic. And I think actually quite a few people like it. I have never watched it on. TV. I never watched it on the Disney Channel. I, mean, I always just avoided it because I disliked. I disliked this, you know, when I saw saw that screening so much in 1993. So this rewatch, this recent rewatch, is the first time I've seen it since then. And I got to tell you, I think my feelings have uh, been redirected a little bit about it. Uh, so just as a quick summary of the plot, and I'll keep I'll keep everything. I'll keep everything spoiler free, but it starts off in, you know, in the late 1600s in Salem, Massachusetts. And, and, um, these, these, uh, witches, we, we learned that these witches are, they're pretty nefarious. I mean, they, they truly are, you know, witches. Uh, and, uh, before these witches get executed, uh, their their oldest sister, who is played by uh, Bette Midler, uh, casts a curse that will that that means that the sisters will get resurrected during a full moon on Halloween if uh, if a virgin lights this candle in in their cottage, and this candle has uh, is differentiated by a black flame. Uh, so I think also probably when I you know saw this in 1993, I'm like, well, this is just so weird. I mean, clearly witches and they're, you know, super dark because <laughs> they're, you know, they're ruthless, uh, what they do. And, you know, what are we talking about? Like a virgin's got to light a candle. That seems like very, not, not like a Disney movie, you know, in any way. Um, anyway. So then, then we then we cut to current day in 1993, and through you know, there's the teenagers involved, and this little sister, and then the candle gets lit by um, by this uh, teenage boy who who is a virgin, and the witches come back and just begin to wreak havoc, and and uh, I, I you know. It's. I just. I guess. Have to say. I don't think that it's a really great movie. I didn't necessarily. You know, it's, it was just weird. I didn't love the plot points, but there's just something this that was just. I guess, and I maybe given its time and now that so many people love it, but there was something strangely uh, iconic about it, and 
Uh, also, I think too, I, I I just really like Bette Midler. I think Bette Midler is just such a good actress, and and just such a good performer in general. That I guess I I appreciated her performance more than I did, you know, in 1993. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker still seems very underutilized, but you know, uh, there there just seemed there was just like something about it. One thing that too I really appreciated with the original is that. Uh, the story comes full circle, and I found the ending to be really satisfying. So, uh, you know, go figure. <laughs> go figure. But uh, I went from, you know, absolutely hating it to thinking that it was, you know, it was okay. And if I had to watch it again, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, fight it. So... So anyway, my, my review of the original uh, Hocus Pocus. So now we jump to to uh, 2022, and and uh, Hocus Pocus has this long-awaited sequel. Uh, much of so again, the main actresses are back: Bette Midler, Kathy Najimy, and Sarah Jessica Parker. Uh, some of the other supporting characters, you know, there's the zombie and some other stuff are, are, are back. They've got some, some new teenagers involved and, and at its core are three girls, three, you know, three, three uh, girls who are, who are friends. A few other folks uh, show up. They, uh, in this sequel, they go, they dive a little bit into the backstory of how the Sanderson sisters became witches. And in a way, I mean, so again, this is, they made some choices in the sequel that didn't necessarily seem coherent with, with the thematics or with the uh, approach that was done in the original. I'm not saying that as a criticism. I'm just, it just, it just, you know, what they decided, the creatives decided to do. And uh, I feel like they were trying to make the witches, even though they're still just nasty and horrible, uh, trying to make them a, a little more sympathetic. And maybe some of it could be considered a bit of like a redemption arc added into this film about these characters, you know, about these three witches. I didn't necessarily feel that they were redeemed personally, but you know, the way, the way that they approach it, I think again, just trying to make, make them more sympathetic. That seems to me like a real thing though, that, that happens a lot in either sequels or adaptations you know, if if you recall, there was a live action version of How the Grinch Stole Christmas that was made. Uh, again, you know, this is a beloved children's book by Dr. Seuss, and then uh, there was a wonderful, you know, animated short film that was that's a kind of a classic TV special. It was one of my favorites growing up, and I still adore it to this day. Uh, you know, this just this this 
22 minute adaptation of the you know an animated adaptation of the film so they turned they turned it into a full length motion picture and it was done in live action where you know humans were wearing the characters of the who and Jim Carrey played the Grinch and you know they decided to turn him into a, into a more of a sympathetic character you like learn his backstory and it was like oh you know he was a real victim or whatnot and and that's a frustrating thing to me because it was just like now he's the Grinch you know we don't need all this made up backstory <laughs> that was not included in the source material and and uh does not really add to the story in fact it changes it, it modifies the story in a way that I found you know again just highly highly unsatisfactory um, Disney also pulled this sort of same, in a way, kind of same sort of stunt with um, those Maleficent films they did that starred Angelina Jolie. Um, you know, as Maleficent, who is just like the mistress of all evil instead of like this, you know, sympathetic uh, victim. Uh, anyway, that's that's kind of a rough thing for me. Luckily, I mean, I, this film, The Hocus Pocus Two doesn't really I mean it kind of does that but they're still evil they do some stuff that there's like you know a, a singing number and some other stuff that happens you know in, in modern day that I could see how it could easily get get criticized and it's not you know again it's not great this is just this is it just this really feels like uh, just kind of a made for TV movie that that uh isn't isn't brilliant um although i thought i thought the special effects overall looked pretty good you know with particularly when the witches are flying uh flying around that 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 looked good and i liked the sets and things that you know that that, that were that were created and again that's one of the things i think that was a real strength for the in the first one too i thought it had really cool uh had a cool production you know the the sets and everything were interesting and probably maybe many of these sets were done, you know, via CGI, but for this, for this, uh, sequel, but the, the, uh, you know, I think the chemistry was still there with the witches. Uh, it, it was, you know, fun to see them back, back in action, even if I didn't necessarily love all the stuff that they were, were, were given to do, uh, so I think that the sequel was maybe not as good as the original. Uh, again, from my you know limited, <laughs> jaded <laughs> perspective, but but uh, nonetheless, uh, I I left the experience being a hocus pocus hater to uh, a hocus pocus uh, acceptor. So anyway, I'll be I'd be anxious to hear your your opinions on on Hocus Pocus and Hocus Pocus 2, both of which are currently available on Disney+. Plus. Well, that does it for this episode of the Movies Past and Present Podcast. Again, links and more information about the movies discussed in today's podcast can be found in the podcast notes on my blog, at moviespastandpresent.com. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Links are also on the blog. And make sure to follow me on Instagram. My handle is at moviespap, as in past and present, 
and put a lot of content out there. As always, I hope you will enjoy some good movies this week, whether they be from the past or the present. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, be safe out there and dedicate yourself to the truth.